Hello and welcome to the official Scottish Rugby Podcast Christmas Special uh, with Chris Patterson and Caroline Blair. This week we are delighted, delighted to be reunited with Scotland captain Rachel Malcolm. Great to see you, Rachel. Uh, first of all, how are you doing? Where are you doing it? What are you up to? <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, all good, thank you. I am down in Nottingham, uh, back at home after being back to New Zealand about a month now. Um, and back into to club rugby down here, which has been uh, harder than I would have liked. Um, we've got a tough few weeks, but no, it's been good to get back home and get back into rugby. Well, we will delve into that in a wee moment. But first, we did say it's a Christmas special, and special it is. So, Jamie Ritchie, our Scotland men's captain, joins us today. Jamie, what have you been up to today? How are you? Uh, we have been trying to find somewhere to train because uh, it's still frozen <laughs> out on the back pitches. So, we've just come back from Orium. Uh, so, we've been training out at Orium today. So, we're at this point. I mean, uh, listen, if you're listening to this, then you will not know what I'm looking at. At the moment, I'm looking at Mossy <laughs> with antlers, uh, with bells on as well. Uh, do they suit me? <laughs> they do. Ah, they nah. do. Uh, and Jamie, our Scotland captain uh, for the men's team, has his Santa hat ones. I'm going to put my sparkly reindeer ones on. There you go. Job done. What do you reckon, Rachel? Yeah, you guys look fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really sorry I can't contribute. <laughs> Uh, I'm probably going to have to take these off because that bell's already starting to annoy me, isn't it? Oh, I don't Can know. I think this is all right. I quite like the, uh, Mossy with them. Uh, well, I, Jamie put the, these on first, then you, had up, then you went for the Santa hat. Just to, I can't get it over my ears. All oh, right. And it's now <laughs> pulling my hair back. <laughs> well, the, 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 the headband that I'm wearing, aren't I? <laughs> They're actually quite big for my head. Yeah. Yeah. They suit you though. Uh, thanks, I. Right, yeah. Mossy, are you right. are you a Christmas man? Are you do you like yes. this time of year? Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Do you like this um, time of year? A quiet Christmas. I'm going to take them off. See, they're still jingling. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Of course, you like this time of year. I loved it as a kid, um, uh, and I think you always try and want it to be the same as it was as a kid. Um, so you try and make the most of it. But yeah, I'm a, I do enjoy Christmas. Um, I like the build up to Christmas. I'm quite a quick recoverer from Christmas though. Uh, what I mean, do you mean? What's... Like if I could take the tree down and maybe Ooh. Boxing Day 27th, I'd probably go oh. with that. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, just because I feel as I, I get sad that it's over. Yeah, that well, one deserves the silence. I don't know. Like, is, is, is that, is that no, the order? Just, yeah. Surely you just drag out the happiness by keeping the trail. <laughs> but then you know you're dragging out the happiness, so it makes you unhappy. It makes me unhappy having to put it back in the loft. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so loft, loft, is that decorations? If we've got real tree, what, what do we go for? Uh, fake tree. Fake tree, fake yeah. Tree. Rachel? Real tree, real tree, every time. Mossy? Uh, currently fake. Currently fake? Mm. I don't know what's yeah. better for the environment. Uh, a real tree every year or one fake tree the last year for a while? find out next week on the official Scottish Rugby <laughs> podcast when we've checked out. We've got trip, I said, to get, because we've got real trees. Yeah. What's, what about you? What's Christmas looking like for you, Rachel? What are you up to? Uh, I love Christmas, um, especially since uh, living down south, it always means I get to come home. So uh, I very much associate Christmas with seeing the family. Uh, so I'm coming up to Scotland uh, starting next week and I'll be home for kind of 10 days or so, which will be super nice. And as presents go, it doesn't get much better than contracts for you. We've got really exciting news. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, like super exciting time um, in terms of the women's game. And um, it's something that's kind of been on the horizon for a wee while. Uh, one of those things that you kind of think might never actually come. But um, yeah, to, to have the announcement of contract this, this week is, 
it's a historic day for for women's rugby. It's it's super exciting. I I definitely didn't think it was going to come during my career. So to to have the opportunity to to train full time, um, is is brilliant. It's it's massive for us as a squad at the minute in terms of um trying to push Scotland women forward. But I think it's even bigger in terms of for the future of Scotland women. I think you know young girls coming through now can aspire to be professional rugby players, which is not something any of us growing up could ever do. Um, so I think I think that's that's massive. Um, I think it will encourage uh, more girls to, to get involved with the sport and that's just automatically going to put us in a better position in the future. It's a huge, hugely exciting <laughs> development, isn't it, Mossy? Yeah, and you've been watching a grassroots game. Forever. Yeah, and it's funny, Rich says it, it's almost, um, it mirrors exactly the kind of process we went through when I came in and then you can train all you want, you can prepare all you want, you can get as fit and fast and strong, but you need, and Jamie knows this as well, you need meaningful competition, you need to be put under pressure, you need to be stressed, it doesn't have to be, you know, go from not having a, loads of opportunities to do it to having, you know, an opportunity every week. It is a gradual process, so even if it's six, eight, ten games a year, more really hard, competitive, under pressure, it, it, it's invaluable. So it's uh, it's brilliant to see Um uh, and I'm quite surprised you said you didn't think it would happen in your career, Rich, but uh, you're, you're putting yourself down as a wee bit older than you are, but uh, it's brilliant for it to come along. And um, and the opportunity now, I think it's brilliant for uh, for the, the next generation. Um, it's brilliant for the current generation, but as Rich says, it, it's, uh, it's, it's groundbreaking for, uh, for those who come along next. And I think for the fans' perspective, you've now got uh, you've got so many options. We're watching such great w- rugby in the men's game and the women's game as well. And for you, what about your relationship in terms of the links between the women's game? Is that something that's growing too? We've seen a lot, especially over the Autumn Nation series and and, and during the summer. Um, you know, with the women training at the Dam Health and things, there is a lot more growth, a lot more opportunity mm. for the crossover. Yeah, it's awesome, and you see it in. Whenever we go and do appearances, we go out to clubs and things. You, there's always more girls playing, and it's it's fantastic to see. And often those are the guys, the ones that are wanting to learn more, mm-hmm. as well. They're interested in the kind of finer details of some of the parts of rugby, and yeah, it's fantastic to see. And it's amazing that the girls are getting the opportunity um, with this announcement. Oh, huge congratulations again, Rachel! Richly, richly deserved. It's been so exciting watching your journey, and also, gosh, how how exciting what we've got to look forward to too. Just jumping back to Christmas in terms of presents, have you got anything else? on the wish list this year or are you I actually I've got a new year's resolution that I'm going to get into golf so I'm going to get some golf oh, nice. for Christmas. Yeah. Good. what spurred that on uh I do actually quite like it so I used to be a hockey player so I take it's not the same it no. kind of naturally um but I don't actually really know how to play it very well so I'm gonna properly get into it next year I wonder uh, if hockey. I wonder if a former hockey player finds it more difficult because you obviously have to. Maybe, you've we'll got see. a high elbow in hockey, can't you? You can't get the. I can hit it quite far. There's not a huge amount of control to it. I've got visions of Happy Gilmore. Do you remember that movie? That's Happy ice Gilmore? hockey. Yeah, it's okay. It's close enough. <laughs> you, you'll pick it up. You'll pick it up, Rach. Yeah, I need a. I need a switch off activity. So that's going to be my. Oh, golf's not that. <laughs> golf's not that. <laughs> You'll get angry. You'll get even. You'll get even yeah. more angry than I'm, you would be. I'm feeling a, an official Scottish <laughs> rugby podcast four ball circa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, August. I mean, well, you live in Sanders, Caroline. Are you a golfer, Jimmy? 
Uh, do golf, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a golfer. That's fine. But I did grow up in St Andrews, so you kind of have no option. We have links. Yeah, Madras Schools, that was your first young club, Madras wasn't Schools it? was my young club, yeah. And that was, well, in the summer, it was mm. you down to Salja for, mm-hmm. for golf lessons. There you go, golf. There you go. Well, see, that, I tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on the back of your... New Year's resolution. I might actually. I'm going to pinch that one too. I didn't have one this year, so I'm. I'm going to join you. <laughs> we'll get a wee, a wee yeah. about. What about yourselves? I, How, have we got any? Well, currently, I'd like my house to be warm. Uh, <laughs> it's not a Christmas present, but in the coldest week of the year, I've somehow managed to blow. Well, the boiler's gone, so I've got no heating and hot water. So it seems a wee bit. I'm sure by the time Santa comes, my house will be warmer. Well, we all know there's one man for the job here. <laughs> that, that's, the, the call needs to go out to Chunk. <laughs> the Chunk man. To the Al, Alan Jacobson. There's a plumber on the way tomorrow, I assume. And, well, apparently so. If he doesn't appear, maybe the Chunk will get the phone call. I know. <laughs> An SOS. <laughs> and what a year uh, for you, Jamie. This is the first time we've actually had you on the podcast since you were named as Scotland captain. Yeah. Huge congratulations. Take us back a wee bit. Talk to us about how the emotions that went around hearing, how did you find out? Did Gregor, did he phone you? Did he tell you? How did that go? Um, so I'd had a meeting with Greg. So I got a week off when we got back from South Africa touring with Edinburgh. Um, and we played the Lions, I think, on the Friday night following that or the Saturday. And I had met Gregor before that in the afternoon for a coffee and just for a catch up and a chat before we went back into camp because I'd missed the um, summer from being injured. And we were just talking about like leadership stuff and basically in a roundabout way, he was like, you're right, you're in the mix for a captain. I've not decided yet. But you're in the mix. And I was like, right, so we just chat for an hour about leadership. If you buy, so if this you buy is, the coffees. This is, this is an interview. Um, so it was really good. Uh, enjoyed it. And I was like, look, whatever you decide, you'll get, you'll get the same from me. Um, and then we came into camp the week before Australia uh, with just the home base players. And uh, on the Tuesday, he pulled me in in the morning and just said, yeah, we're going to go for it's you. It's quite late, isn't it? Yeah, I was so. I was quite surprised by that. I thought mm. it would have been earlier. He probably thought that he'd given me enough warning by saying you're in the mix. <laughs> um, but they, uh, it's, it's something that I felt reasonably prepared for in terms of I've been in the leadership group for a couple of seasons. Um, I'd obviously started uh, co-captaining with Gilco at Edinburgh uh, have captain throughout age grade and stuff but I kind of had seen what goes on with it all as well like the extra stuff they have to do uh, and I've seen a lot of stuff that works and stuff and stuff that I think I might do would do differently and things like that so yeah no I felt pre- pretty prepared I'd say. Is it what you thought it would be I know you say you felt prepared for the job is it how you imagined it would be? Um, I'd say yes and no I think um, the law of uh, the biggest thing that I found was different is that you were made aware of everything. Um, it might sound strange, but... Can you give examples? Yeah, so usually when you're in the squad, like, there'll be slight schedule changes or people will have, like, slightly different travel arrangements, some of the excels and stuff that you have absolutely no idea about that is going on in the background. But then, I don't know, when you're captain, everyone just seems to tell you these things, um, whether that be Edgy or, or Gregor, like, oh, we might, we might train outside today or we might train inside today. And usually you just get told where to be and when to be there. Whereas as captain, you get kind of let in on all the, on the inner goings on. So that was probably um, the biggest thing I found differently. There's a lot more kind of space taken up in your brain with stuff like that. Um, but in terms of, was it what I expected in terms of the, the honor and the privilege? Yeah, it was amazing. Like getting to run out and lead the team and stuff. Um, yeah, it was, was really special for, for me and my family. 
Is that something you can relate to listening to this, Rachel? You've been wearing the, well, you know, being captain for Scotland women for, for a long time now. What, what can you say to that? Yeah, I think the bit around kind of being involved in a lot more conversations than than you're, you traditionally would be if you weren't captain is definitely something I can relate to. Um, and it's taken up a lot more space in your brain. Um, you know, I, I always find match weeks as a captain a lot more tiring than I do it's just as just a player because there's just that extra bit of responsibility to make sure everyone's happy and you are involved in, in a lot of those conversations. But I think in terms of once you get to the match, it's it's all worth the kind of extra stress and, and whatever else that goes with it because it is just it's, it's a massive honour. Like, I absolutely love getting the opportunity to to lead the team and it's it's pretty special leading a Scotland team as well I think you know we're such a, a fiercely passionate nation um so to kind of I don't know be the be the person that, that's that's leading a team that is wearing the thistle is is, is hugely exciting it's a massive honour and yeah like Jamie says it's 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 something that I'll treasure for forever it's it's it's, it's amazing it's not for everybody Thomas is it no, uh, no, uh, and I think it's. Um, I think you can still lead without being captain, um, and I think there'll be players who would maybe struggle if they were captain. There'll be others that you wouldn't think would a captain who'd given the opportunity would flourish. Like it, it's funny, and I think what the most important thing for me, which is what you guys were saying there, is how, what stuff you need to filter. Like, do you actually need to know it all? Can you let it go in one ear and out the other, or do you have to action everything? So it's like it's, it's finding what works for you, but. Um, what I would say, I, I captained Scotland a few years ago, and I, and I did that on a few occasions, and I got better at it. Um, but the reason I think I got better at it is because I stopped worrying about everything else and just worried about myself. Initially, when I became captain, I forgot about my own performance. I forgot about what made me become captain, um, just to make sure you took care of everywhere. So if I was involved now and had all this information, I would have to filter that out and say, listen, you know what, that's good. Uh, well, that, yeah, we'll train outside, or yeah, your flight's half an hour early. I don't need to know that. Um, let me kind of get out and get on with, with what I do. So, everybody's different, but I also think, and I think we're, we're good here, we don't force people into being a specific type of leader. Like, I, I do think maybe for a, for a few years, maybe professional rugby, try to find the immaculate captain, the perfect captain, the textbook captain. Like a prototype. Yeah, a prototype, yeah. and it's not right. I, I don't believe that. I think everybody will lead slightly differently, and, and you're chosen to lead because of who you are, and that was a mistake I made initially. I was like, I tried to change to make sure everybody else is okay and forgot about myself. It's funny when you look at it in the Autumn Nations series, for example, um, and then looking ahead to the Guinness Six Nations or the, the TikTok Women's Six Nations, but look at, looking at all these major events, you've got so many people watching, and ultimately when the decisions are taking place on the pitch, are, are you the type of leader, Jamie, that would say, no, this is what I want us to do? Or do you feel that that's ironed out during training? Um, it's kind of in the moment type of thing uh, they usually go into the game with maybe some sort of strategy and around like oh we'll probably depending if we get a penalty we'll maybe err on the side of going to the corner or if it's if some games you might maybe take the option to go for posts and things like that um, but it's more how you feel in the game I think there's moments in the game where you want to maybe try and stay on top of a team so maybe try and go to the corner to keep them down in their own half put a bit of pressure on or there's maybe times in games where you need points so you take you kick goals. Um, it has to be in the moment. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm I think delighted yeah, to say that. It has to be in the moment. It's so easy to 
to look from the sidelines or to review post event and what should be right. But for me, you can't replicate the the, the three or four things that have happened just prior in discussion or in preparation. It has to be in the moment. I, I'm glad you've said that. I, would you be? The, would you agree, Rachel? Would you more? Yeah, no, I do definitely agree on that. I think, like Jamie says, like you do tend to go in with kind of a mindset around kind of how you think a game's going to go and kind of what strategy you might take. But for example, if your scrum's going really well and they're giving away penalty after penalty at the scrum, then that's going to influence what you're going to do, how much territory you've had in that last period. And if you've literally spent 20 minutes in your half and then you finally get a penalty in a kickable area, then you're probably going to take the point. So it's it's, it's all the little bits, like, like Mossy says, that go on around it. But for me, like as a leader, I really make those decisions by myself. Um, which I think is something that I've definitely learned um, coming through. I think when I first took on captaincy, which was at um, club level, I used to just like make quite knee-jerk reactions because I thought I had to make those decisions all by myself and tended to be the wrong decision at that time. So something I've definitely learned coming through is there's, there's a reason you've got like leaders to support you on the pitch and it's, it's for those moments. So um, it's always a conversation between like your pack leader in terms of, you know, Jamie can probably tell you this in a back row, you don't necessarily know exactly what's going on in, in that scrum. So you get you speak to your front row in terms of how the scrum's feeling. Um, you speak to your kickers around, you know, is this something you, you can kick? So it's, there's loads of things which come into it. Um, and I think, yeah, a big, big learning point for me was that I don't know everything and I don't know how everything feels for other players on the pitch as well. Do you, when your goal kickers are out there, do you... Oh, I just think going, back I to my career and I was, I'm just wondering what, how I would get on now but I, I can't ever remember not telling the captain what I was going to do I was kicking the goal I'll mm-hmm. kick that or I'm not kicking that or I'll do this or that like, um, or, or does it come more from the captain now it's a hard one I think yeah. sometimes you're like oh have you got it like I say it's maybe uh, a bit further out or yeah. like I don't know on, on a big angle like sometimes it's more the distance you're like oh you've got it yeah the distance would be um, the determining one mm-hmm. of the big determining factors it's a, t- it's a tough one like very rarely I think if you go to a kicker you say have you got this he's going to tell me like nah I don't I know so, yeah. like, so <laughs> you kind of got it around mm-hmm. the side sometimes it's, you have to make that but do they ever just come to you and say I'm doing this mm, I'm no. kicking this no because well, we have no. seen we have <laughs> seen that in recent years no Rich no. <laughs> no not that often I tend to always go to them and then quite often what I would do is have a chat at the end of the warm-up and just say like how's it feeling like just so you've got an idea in your head kind of what their range is today or how they're feeling and whatever it is well if you had Mossy you'd kick it from anywhere 40, 42 <laughs> metres 42 metres just out of the range 42 metres eh? there, there was an example of that not so long ago where there was a decision being made towards the end of a game but it was a different captaincy situation at that point but I guess it's one of those things where so what you're saying is if the kicker is coming at you and saying yeah I've got this I'm quite happy you're it's an individual thing, isn't it? It's individual, like, and, and, and it might be different, but for, for me, like, most of the time when I would be kicking for Scotland to be cat, probably Jason White. Mm-hmm. Jace would probably, be, and I would just tell Jace, yeah, like, I'm kicking this or I'm not kicking this, or, uh, but yeah, no worries. Whereas but, I think it is a more. Is that because you're ca- when your captain's a forward as well? There, there is well, a. Uh, there's loads of things to take into account, isn't there? Like, it's not just whether you've got the distance or how you feel it's, it's the ebb and flow of the game um, but like it, but yeah quite like often I, as well like coaches 
sometimes send the tea on before you get a yeah. chance yeah, to, yeah. to decide yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So like you sometimes mm-hmm. aren't given, really given a choice. The magic mm-hmm. tea arrival, it just <laughs> <laughs> flying mm-hmm. on it, hurtling at 100 miles an hour. Okay, let's talk about the season. What, what would your your favourite moments be? I mean, Rachel, I'm, I'm sure some must be around the, the Women's Rugby World Cup for you. Or, or what, what would be your favourite moment of, of 2022? Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, probably facing the Haka. Um, it's the first time any of us in the squad have played New Zealand. Um, to play New Zealand in New Zealand and face the Haka for the first time was was really special. You know, that kind of, we have worked for a very long time to, to obviously qualify and get to that World Cup and, and all the work that went before it. And the occasion was just super special. It was the kind of, we played at the same venue for three weeks and, for the first few weeks it was an incredible atmosphere but then that third week when we turned up to play New Zealand like it was like nothing I've ever experienced it was by far the biggest crowd I've played in front of and they were super vocal but not just for New Zealand they were just they just loved rugby um and yeah to to run out in New Zealand against New Zealand and, and face the hacker that was that was probably a highlight for me the the 80 minutes which followed were not a highlight but <laughs> we could just stop right there that was that was that was cool but a first rugby world cup for the women for scotland women in 12 years it was a phenomenal achievement it's been a really exciting year and that on that regard so huge well done and congratulations for that but what a fantastic highlight jamie on to you what's your uh, again tough one i think well that win at home against England, first game of Six Nations, was a bit of a mixed one for me. Obviously, it was a great result, but then I mm-hmm. tore my hammy, so mm-hmm. uh, probably not that one. Um, I think probably it's not a rugby one really, but in, like sharing that moment with Dory before the mm-hmm. New Zealand game is something that like will probably be one of the the best memories for my career, or like not even in my career, like in my life, like being able to be with him and feel that love from the 67,000 people in the stadium like will be something that I'll cherish forever and a hugely important moment for Scotland rugby fans of course but for also the global community as well and for Cathy and the family and it was a really important part of of the year as well too um Chris what about yourself do you have any highlights in particular um, well that, that moment sticks out again I, I, I was thinking about that what you'd say and I thought you might mention the England game but you also did your hammy and then I thought you, uh, you would mention that because it was so obviously just a powerful moment and like uh, not to get too heavy but it, sometimes it's well it is often in rugby it's more than just a sport do you know what I mean there's some moments in your life that you're like, what, just totally inspired and in awe by individuals and that was one of them so that's that's a, that's a highlight for a number of reasons um, but uh, in terms of rugby um, I can't I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. The Six Nations ended up quite disappointing. Um, summer tour, I think the second test was excellent in Argentina. Uh, it was um, it's probably probably the third test performance was maybe even be a bit better, but the result wasn't there. Um, but yeah, that's uh, off the top of my head. That, that's that's not many highlights, is it? I tell you, one of my highlights was um, the Dam Health Scotland Women v USA, and it was actually oh, yeah. after the game, uh, after what was a really exciting game. Uh, but what it was the amount of time that Scotland Women spent mm. with the fans afterwards, and that has been we've seen at Edinburgh as well, 
right throughout. And I think that's probably, so it's not so much a moment, it's mm. more an area, if you like, that, that engagement, that interaction with the fans. That game against England in the first game of Six Nations as well, Rach, mm. Dam Health was was baking hot, wasn't it, for the time of year? But it was, uh, <laughs> it was, um, there was, a, there was a, there was a, a feeling about that game that was quite special, especially the kind of the middle third. There was a real combative effort. Um, now they say that was, uh, that was pretty important as well that day. I think. Was that the first? Uh, the first yeah, game, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think the the game against England was a funny one because it's probably the best we played um, for that Six Nations and it was against the, the best opposition as well. So um, I think, yeah, we competed for huge amounts of that game. And I think when we look back at it, we had so many missed opportunities that we really could have taken on another day. And like, I think to have that against who I think is still the best team in the world, I think like it, it was pretty special, but the atmosphere that we've had at the Dam Health this year has been so, so cool. Like we, we've absolutely loved making that our home this, this season, which is, has been a real cool transition for us because it's just a much easier place to to like you say like interact with the fans like we've had way more interaction and engagement and it's increased game on game and I think that is just down to to us actually having access to them and and, and getting to chat to them and, and whatever else after the game but like every game coming in and, and just before kickoff them chanting lost home and that is that that's probably actually been one of my highlights as well like it's something we talk about as players like but we 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 just stand in there just before kickoff and and we've had that that kind of chant at us um, each game we've played there and that that's for me that is everything about playing for Scotland like uh, that that feeling just before kickoff with with everyone singing that song at you and you just wanted to join in and chant away as well but um, that that's been pretty cool this year. And what a great opportunity to hear that chant, to get that atmosphere at the Women's TikTok Six Nations as well coming up too. So the tickets are, of course, on sale for that now as well. Um, looking ahead then, Jamie, let's hear what you're looking forward to this season. I mean, well, this season, sorry, this year, as in the year of 2023, we've got a lot coming up. We've got the Guinness Six Nations and there's a hotly anticipated Rugby World Cup too. Holly, <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, not looking forward to all of it. I think um, a big couple of weeks coming up with Edinburgh. So we've got a caster this weekend and then um, into the two derbies, which is always fun in and around Christmas. So um, oh, Can we just hit them. pause there for a minute? I'm so excited about these derbies. I am so, <laughs> the, the, of course, the home leg for Edinburgh is the second game. So starting up with Glasgow Warriors hosting at Scotston. That's Friday the 23rd at 7.35pm kickoff. And then the following week on the 30th, it's here inside the bowl at BT Murrayfield. Just, you, you've both been in one. Talk to us about the 1872 Cup. Well, I'm just wondering what Rach, because it's just giving you the, the kind of eyes here, Jamie, because you've got West Coast, <laughs> got West Coast, West Coast, Coast. band here. We've got the, got the 1872 split <laughs> in the camp. Uh, nah, it's, uh, I'll let Jamie obviously say about now, but it, it, you ask the same question every year mm-hmm. and we talk about the same question every year and we give the same answer but it's because it's raw it's mm-hmm. just real this is raw yeah, uh, raw is probably the right word for it uh, the team often who's probably having the poorer season often comes out on top um, sometimes it's a it's an inspirational part of the season that you need if things aren't going that well other times it's uh, like you, you treat it separately from league points sometimes you think ah, that's it. the league points are more important than Dad, but it just gets all lost in this any raw aggression and emotion on the day and more often than not it's been kind of the home side has came out on top 
in the last two or three years, that'd be right. We probably struggled more through there and, and won at home. So you kind of predict it. You just know it's going to be, it's real, it's raw, it's hard, it's, you know, concerning for some, because you know each other that well, but then you think, actually, they know me well as well. So well, like, 20, what, minutes what ago you're, 20 minutes ago, you're packing down against each other, or with each other, sorry, at the the Autumn Nations series, and then you're doing it again in, at the Guinness Six Nations, and in between you've got this. I think the biggest thing is because we know them all so well and know the team so well. But they well know you as well though, don't you? I mean. you know exactly more or less how they want to play. Most of their calls like are pretty similar. <laughs> it's just a bit of a mess to be honest. But um it is it is like it's a bit of a cliche but I think whenever I've been asked this question I say the same thing and it's like basically form doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's just like they're they're like one off games almost. Mm-hmm. They're like one off games and there's always a bit more of an edge to them. So Oh, and great for a fan uh, you know being back inside BT Murrayfield again like back in the old days of Edinburgh and of course at Scottsdale there's no there's this yeah what, no better way to ring in the festive Rich, you, need to, you need to fight the west Coast, west corner here uh, Scotland's where it's at <laughs> <laughs> not in well, this weather it'll be rock hard <laughs> you're hoping to make it up aren't you as well Rachel you're, you're hoping to come up to for that game on the 23rd at Scotsdale yeah absolutely I'm, I'm home next week so I'll be I'll be there on the 23rd, cheering on the, the West Coast. <laughs> Flying the flag. That's all right, don't worry. So then we did, hit, we, we did ask you to hit pause it, then just, just to pick up, uh, it's a busy, busy 2023. It's a busy year. I think I try not to look too far ahead. Yeah. Um, you can't so do that in a Rugby World Cup year, though. That. Like, and it, like <laughs> even after Christmas, yeah. before we even get to the Six Nations, it's, it's a busy that you've got two more European games and things like that. So for me, it's... I'll look forward to Saturday and then worry about is that, that. Is that realistic though? I mean, I just, I mean, fans, are, you, you're, you've booked your flights. As far as we're concerned, we're already in France at this point. So is it, realistically, is it possible to do that as a player, to just look at the game in front of you? Yeah. You have to. You have to, because you don't know, like, you could break your leg at the weekend, touch wood, but that's the reality of the situation that you just, you just got to take every game as it comes and you do like it's, you it's, might get picked either so. I, I know it's not what we want to hear is it like it's what, desperately some groundbreaking new news but it's not you got like if you don't deal with what's in front of you you can't affect what's six months or 12, 12 months ahead you can't you just got to you just got to do what's next around the corner and it's so boring and so cliched but it's the only way to do it like if you look too far ahead with the quality of even opposition no. we're talking about in the next two weeks I think as well you've like, lost it. you can do yourself a bit of trouble as well yeah. like if you start looking too far ahead and getting excited or mm. think oh I can't wait to go to a World Cup or play in a Six Nations and then you do get injured then that can almost mean mm. that it affects you more mm-hmm. whereas if you're just concentrating on what's coming up and then you kind of deal with everything as it comes it's a wee bit easier not when to you look too, too far ahead, ahead and you get too excited so much goes through your mind you, you probably then worry about too many things uh-huh. and actually if you don't if you don't think too far ahead you've got far less to worry about or be concerned about and a lot of things you might worry about are hypothetical that won't happen anyway so you just end up always kind of taking your eye off the ball to free up some space in the brain that's it oh great See, advice I told from, you, I tell you there's a reason that why you three have been be captains of Scotland right there well before we go I mean talk about a pressure moment but do you have a Christmas joke Oh, the silence. My, I my son told me one the other day. What was it? I mean, this is a time you? of year. Well, you've got one written down. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I um, came prepared. No, I can't remember. I can't remember. Rachel, what it was. have you got one? 
Marseille? Uh, I've got a kind of... Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you so close, you were nah. going to do it. Nah. No, nah. nah. how do you, what constitutes a Christmas like joke? Like out of a cracker. So, I know. you know, uh, okay, right. I've got so, jokes, but I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure they're Christmas jokes. Uh, what was it? <laughs> Jamie's really thinking about this, you're going to come up with it. Um, oh, nah, it's away. What, tell us yours, and we'll, we'll grade what, it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get judged now. What do you call an elf that can sing and dance? Elfus. Oh, that bad, isn't oh. it? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you very much. That's it. Why did Santa go to the doctor? Because of his bad elf. Oh. Yeah, I draw a line. I mean, I think on that That note, needs an accent. Though. All credibility. It's bad elf. <laughs> bad elf. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all credibility now absolutely categorically lost. Rachel, Jamie, thank you so, so much for coming on uh, the official Scottish Rugby Podcast Christmas special, of course, with Chris as well. What a fantastic year it's been. It's been great fun having you on, and we wish you nothing but the very, very, very best for 2023.